Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Hell Witch. Hell Witch has been killing the thrash death metal scene since 1984. They have released Annihilational Intertension, a collection that will kick your teeth in. And here is my interview with Hell Witch. Hello, my friend. How you doing, Patrick? All right. How's it going, Bob? It's going great. Cool. I wanted cool. to thank you. I wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me today. Oh, hey, the pleasure's all mine, and thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, man, absolutely. I wanted to ask about the recording process for this one. How did it go for you? Uh it was uh, it was a little bit challenging in that uh, it, it went well, but this was the first time we ever had to do some of the recording remotely. Um, our rhythm guitarist slash bass player lives near Atlanta. So he had to, uh, you know, he had to record, he set up a recording studio in his home and he recorded his guitar tracks and the bass tracks in his uh, basement. And then we, uh, you know, imported them at the studio here in Fort Lauderdale for the album. So that was a little weird and a little, challenging because you know i mean i'm used to being at the studio with the guys and we all take turns and we're all right there when the recording's happening so you know any little thing that's wrong we notice it right there and then and in this case i mean everything was right but you know there was a couple parts where you know we weren't on the same page with like the exact way to pick it and you know things like that and then there was a there was a couple harmony guitar harmony things we did that I thought would sound good and they ended up not sounding good so he had to go back and redo his track again so uh you know it sounded better so it was a bit of a challenge but you know we uh we recorded with uh, Jeremy Staska who did Omnipotent Convocation in 2008 with us and mm. uh he you know he he he's you know in his late fifties and he gets, you know, the old school feel and, you know, he, the fact that we uh, didn't want to use like triggered drums and reamped guitars. And I don't know if you're familiar with this terminology, but there's, you know, a lot of digital uh, tricks that, oh, sure. you know, that are used these days in recording albums, you know, in metal. And, um, you know, I mean, I notice it seems a lot of metal albums now, they, the production sounds the same. Like the drum sound is kind of the same. The guitar sound is kind of the same. And um, yeah, man, we went with, you know, a real drum set with microphones and, you know, I played the guitar through my angle amplifier out of speakers with a microphone on the speakers. And that's, you know, that everything, the solos, everything, that's what you hear on the album is, uh, you know, real drums played and uh, real guitar played live. You know, no, no substituting sounds and you know changing things out after the fact or whatever. We we kept it, uh, you know, completely old school and real. And uh, the question I've been dying to ask. Um, yes. I've been following this band for a long time. Cool. I wanted to. I wanted to ask you. 
if you could speak on the track Hell Witch and answer the question for me, did has this song been waiting in the wings or did this just come up? Okay. Well, I, I, I don't know, you know, what you have of our discography, but uh, the song Hell Witch I wrote in 85 and you know, I'm not sure if you do you know how we recorded our 84 Nosferatu demo? Have you ever heard that story? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay, well, our first demo was done in the living room of our apartment. Uh, me and my old college roommate, you know, we, wow. we were at UF and uh, we recorded Nosferatu in our living room with two cassette decks, basically, and a, and a couple microphones. And, um, I use that same process to record the song Hell Witch, but it's just it was just guitar and vocals. And um, I did that in my bedroom at my house in Hollywood, you know, that I lived with my mom and dad, uh, you know, during spring break, spring vacation from college. And, um, you know, I did this little rough demo of that one song by myself and um at the time I, I listened to it and I was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. You know, it kind of, it's not really that good. Like I can, I could do better, you know, let's just kind of forget about this. So when um, we put out the 30th anniversary 10 LP box set in uh, 2017 or 2016, um, you know, I, I decided to throw that recording on, you know, one of the albums in that box set since, no one had ever heard it. I, I didn't trade it. I never gave it to anyone. I just kind of buried it. And um, I listened to it. And I, and I was like, you know, I'm like, that's that's not a bad song. It's a kind of a good song. Like, it needs a little work. Maybe change, you know, the parts that are there. Kind of rework them a little bit to be a little cooler sounding. And um, yeah, man, I decided while doing that, you know, preparing recordings for that box set release that that song should get a new lease on life. And so I spent, um, you know, a good year, probably year and a half, you know, while while working on other songs for the new album, I'd spend some time, you know, trying to put that back together and, uh, you know, started to think back on what you know, what I was going for and, you know, what, what, mm. what was the real feeling of that song in 85? And, uh, yeah, I, I think I captured it pretty well. I, I think I, you know, added a couple, uh, I, I think there's maybe just one part that is not from 1985 and all the rest of that song is from, you know, basically 1985 and the orchestral intro, um, Sorceress Eminence, that was completely new. That's something I came up with in 2018. And, uh, you know, again, listening to the song Hellwitch, you know, after that box set thing, I was, you know, listening to that rough demo. And I'm like, man, it'd be cool if this had some kind of an intro because it is the song Hellwitch. You know, it brings me back to the MTV days of like 81 sure. where I saw the video for Iron Maiden and on the screen it said, Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden, you know, like the song, the album and the, the, you know, the song and the title of the song and the title of the album. And I was like, yeah, you know, this is the song Hellwitch by Hellwitch. So this has to be something pretty epic and has to be something a little 
you know, better than, you know, other things we're doing possibly. So I um, came up with the, an orchestral intro. I mean, I came, yeah, I, I wrote the music for it and then, you know, collaborated with a uh, guy who did, you know, orchestral arrangements. And then we put that together and, uh, you know, that, that was the beginning of the song. And then I realized that, it, you know, the orchestral part was like over a minute long. And I, I decided at the end, the last minute before we uh, pressed the album, that I wanted that to be its own separate track with its own title. So literally like a week before the album was being sent to be mastered, like it was all done, ready to be mastered and released. And I decided to split that part, you know, that that intro and make it its own track. And I came up with a title for it. And, you know, that that's what you got now. So, um, yeah, that was the long answer. But, yeah, no, it was it was it was shelved for, you know, since 1985 and brought back to life around 2017 and finished probably, you know, 2018, 2019. And uh, the last track on the album, Torture Chamber, that is my favorite go-to track on the album. I wanted to know if you could speak on that track as well. Oh, man, absolutely. You know, I mean, and, and well, let, let me say also that the songs on Annihilational Intercension range from 1985 to 2021. So wow. it is the, it is the all encompassing kind of history of Hellwitch all on this recording. And I, I think that makes it pretty, you know, makes it pretty special because how many bands have songs that span 35 years all on sure. one album. And, um, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with the, you know, older versions of torture chamber, uh, hopefully yeah. that, yeah, you know, from like a compilation on new Renaissance records. And, um, then I did it again on the 94 anthropophagy demo, and neither one was really what I had in mind. You know, I mean, I had the sound effects and, you know, kind of a horror type of thing, you know, since 85 when I wrote that song. That was that's what I kind of had in mind. But, you know, again, in 86, we I, I didn't know how you would put sound effects on a demo, you know, for a song on a demo like we didn't, you know, I mean, you could always take something from a VHS tape like you know, the only thing I thought of was like, well, I could take a movie from a, you know, a VHS tape and play that sound and then go into torture chamber. But it wasn't right. You know, it wouldn't have been right. I was looking for something a little more specific to, you know, what I had had envisioned. So, um, yeah, torture chamber was put on the new album um, as finally the final, you know, version of how it was always meant to be and was never you know, never came to be until now um, because, you know, technology and, and the budgeting and whatnot has come so far that I was able to, to make it just the way it was supposed to be all along now. So I was real adamant about including that, you know, on the album because that, you know, it's a, it's a classic and everyone likes it. I, I still love playing it and, you know, people, even before this album, you know, people at shows like they know Torture Chamber, you know, mm -hmm. and they know like Nosferatu. It's like that's one of the songs, yeah. even though it was never on our first album or second album. Um, it's a song everyone knew. So, yeah, I thought it was real important to get that 
that real version of torture chamber finally done so people could hear it the way it was meant to be. Yeah. And I think sonically it is just, it's amazing. The, <laughs> the sound quality is just perfect for the song. Oh, thanks Bob. I, I appreciate that, man. I, I mean, we spent, we spent six months recording that album total, like six months. And, you know, we, I, I nickel and dimed every minute of it, every second of it to make it as perfect and as, you know, and just, you know, sound as great as we could possibly make it sound. I also wanted to ask you if you could talk on the video for Delegated Disruption. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we, uh, were fortunate enough to, uh, have a budget from listenable records to do some video promotion and, um, delegated disruption was the song that we all thought was kind of, you know, that's the one that you could probably listen to and, you know, get it the first time you hear it. You know, we figured that was probably a, a, a catchy enough song to to use where if we did a video for it you know that might garner us a few more fans and you know and i mean plus that's one of our newest songs so we kind of wanted to showcase that and sure. you know we all we the three of us love playing it and we we you know enjoy that song a lot so um yeah that was the first thing we did and um you know we went back and forth about should it be like a story video or a concept video or or us playing mixed with that. And we, we finally um, decided, you know, it, it was easy to just have us in a video studio playing the song and film it and, you know, add some little effects to it and stuff. And, you know, it would probably look pretty cool. So we went with that and uh, yeah, man, the, the YouTube views seem to be pretty, uh, pretty, you know, pretty good. So, yeah, Delegated Disruption was the first video. And then we went ahead with Solipsistic Immortality for the a lyric video. And in a few days, we have three different behind-the-scenes making-of-the-album videos coming out on YouTube. Oh, that is great. Yeah. I wanted to ask if you could speak on the album artwork and the artist that was involved. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the, the, uh, the album painting was done by uh this gentleman from i think i i don't remember what country but on facebook his his id is chaos dictator with a k in the chaos and a, a k in the dictator and um his name is stefan and um he's done a lot of work for listenable records as well as you know other labels and actually the, the label suggested we use him. I had another artist in mind and the label su suggested him. And I went and looked at his, uh, you know, his uh, portfolio. And I, I was very impressed that he, he had a better, you know, I liked his style better than the guy I had in mind. So we ended up going with him and he, he was really cool. Like he, you know, I, I explained the concept all via email, of course, like I explained, what the concept of annihilational intersection was and kind of what I had in mind for the artwork. And he wrote back and he said, yeah, and how about this and that? And, you know, a, a judge judging humanity that has now been exterminated. And, 
it was like I was like, yes. I'm like, <laughs> hey, you want I'm like, you think like I think. I was like, I was like, hell yeah, man. I'm like, that that sounds good. And then he, you know, he added small details that he actually thought of based on my concept and everything was just perfect i mean we we went back and forth probably six times total you know which is for an album cover that's that's pretty quick well i mean i i don't know how quick it is but i mean i've gone back and forth more with like the omnipotent album and ended up with a lesser result in my opinion so he he really he got it and you know there was really you know everything was covered there was really nothing wrong like near the end it just everything he did looked perfect and just looked epic and looked uh you know just so bad you know negative and horrible and just brutal that uh yeah man we we love it and it's definitely by far the best cover hell which has ever had and he, he's a really uh you know he's a really great artist i wanted to ask you what is the next chapter for hell witch um, in the future um well we're doing really well right now i mean those the the two videos we've, re we've released are <clears throat> you know garnering a lot of views on youtube and um the the label is really happy with with that and uh they're happy with you know that w we actually just did a tour of the east coast of the u.s and you know came back like a week ago from that and then um, the rest of this year, we uh, we're playing the Destroying Texas Festival at the end of July. Then we're playing the Tampa Death Festival at the at the beginning of October. Then we're doing another Midwest tour um, near the end of October into the beginning of November. And at the very end of that, we play the Mass Destruction Festival in Atlanta um, on November fourth. Then uh, December 7th, we fly to Europe to play the uh, Never Surrender Festival with Blasphemy and Revenge and a, a bunch oh, wow. of other, you know, really brutal, godly bands. So that's all lined up for the rest of this year. And um, then next year, we're playing a horror metal festival in Tampa again with Incantation. And then... Um, we're playing the Milwaukee Metal Fest next year as well and looking to organize a more extensive like West Coast tour as well next year. So there's a, a, a pretty, pretty, pretty busy schedule for the next year. And um, I mean, I'm already working on one new song for the next album. And, uh, you know, we're staying busy. Brian, brutal Brian, our drummer and I. Uh, we, we live like 25 minutes apart, so I go to his house and we practice and hang out. And, um, you know, it's it's really a good it's really a good, good situation. You know, I mean, I'm able to to actually see my bandmate and, you know, our other guitarist who lives in near near Atlanta. He comes down and practices with us sometimes. So it's uh, it's all really good, man. Really, really good good relationships within the band and uh you know every we're, we're all real happy with what we've come up with on this album and we're all excited to, to keep going with it and i wanted you to take me back to the 80s my favorite period i graduated in 84 <laughs> <laughs> i graduated in 82 <laughs> cool. 
cool man oh it's it's great i uh you know incidentally i i i like it when i am interviewed by someone of my age because there's a lot in common you know we have a lot in common absolutely (laughs) yeah i mean no 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 disrespect to any interviewers or any magazines but uh yeah you know i mean guys that are like almost 60 years old usually uh you know have a lot in common because you you know you grew up in that the golden era of the 80s but uh i'm I'm sorry bob what was the question (laughs) i wanted you to take me back to them 80s and tell me and and tell me how hell witch became a reality well it's uh it's pretty interesting because uh really i never had plans to be in a band i always like to play my guitar in my room and play along with like uh, ride the lightning was one of the early ones. I, when I learned to, you know, play guitar good enough at that level, I used to play along with ride the lightning. And um, I mean, I started playing guitar in I think 78 or 79. And then I never took lessons. I'm completely self-taught. And by, you know, 83, 82, I was, you know, in I was already into underground tape trading. I met a couple guys in South Florida who got me into that. So I get got into, you know, I abandoned the Judas Priest and ACDC and all that and got into the Metallica No Life to Leather demo and, you know, the Merciful Fade EP and mm. the first couple Venom albums, the first couple Raven albums and, uh, you know, all that good stuff and uh, started learning to play guitar in that style. And, um, when I was at UF um, in 84, my uh, my high school buddy, my really good you know buddy f- through all of high school, Harry, uh, Harry and I were roommates. Um, you know, we had an apartment together off campus and uh, <clears throat> he said, you know, he's like, man, why don't why don't we write a song and, you know, make a little demo? And I'm like, uh, I'm like, OK, well, what you know what? And he, he, he said, okay, he's like Nosferatu. He's like, nobody has a song about Nosferatu. And I'm like, okay, that, that sounds cool. And so um, he and I kind of sat down and he wrote most of the lyrics and the chorus. And I wrote a, a few of the lyrics and um, <clears throat> he didn't play an instrument, but we were, you know, he was a fan. He was into underground metal. He was, you know, a, a rabid fan just like me we were both total you know diehard metalheads and um he uh said okay he says well you know and he he kind of said we'll come up with a riff you know and then he said okay where it goes Nosferatu he's like it's gonna say Nosferatu and I said okay and he said do a guitar part that goes with Nosferatu and I said okay and, and I did and so we kind of worked out the song and I, I, you know, he said, I, I was like, well, what, you know, what are we going to do for like a, a, the music, you know, drums and bass and singing. And uh, again, like I said earlier, I had two cassette decks um, and a couple microphones. So we set up two microphones, you know, running into the cassette deck, uh, left and right channel, of course. And we he had a couple drumsticks and I, he, he and I somehow thought of the idea of taping the, the microphone to our kitchen, like, you know, we had like a 
a rental apartment with rental furniture in it. Yeah, that's how rough we were. But uh, it had like the, you know, vinyl covered seat, you know, and the, for the kitchen table. It was like a vinyl covered uh, cushion. And um, I said, look, I said, I'll tape the microphone to that cushion. And then I'm like, hit it with the drumstick and it'll sound like a bass drum more or less it'll you know something we'll test mm. it and then uh i said you know for the snare drum i'm like you know i don't know and he said how about a paperback book so he took one of his paperback textbooks and we taped that on the cushion uh you know again next to the microphone that was taped to the cushion and he had the two drumsticks and he just kind of went boot up boot up boot up boot up and he he practiced that a little bit and i mean there was no cymbals no you know no crash no nothing there was just a bass drum and a snare drum and um we did a little sound test and it it you know it sounded okay it was rough it sounded okay you could tell you know one was a bass drum and one was a snare drum you could tell that was the idea and so we went ahead and did a first take and I did a guitar with my, on my microphone on the left channel. And then on the right channel, he did the drums. And then I played that cassette in my other cassette deck and ran it into the other deck, you know, and combined the left and right into one and then used two microphones again and recorded a right channel with, him singing or whatever you want to call it and me doing a second guitar track so you know one channel was uh drums and a guitar the other channels were was vocals and a guitar and um we went through it and um i forgot to do the solo at the beginning and so we tried it again and i just kept I, we, you know, we just kept screwing it up. I could not get the guitar part right. Like I was very nervous and, you know, I was just like, oh man, you know, that the first take we did was the best, even though it's missing the guitar solo at the beginning. And, um, so we did it, we stuck with that first take and, you know, we listened to it and he's like, this sounds good. And I'm like, dude, that fucking sucks, man. I'm like, that's fucking <laughs> stupid. And he's like, no, no, it sounds good. And we were both tape trading, as I said. And I said, well, whatever. I said, you know, and then like the next day, I'm like, dude, don't don't give that to anybody. I'm like, don't let that, you know, get around. I go, that's embarrassing. And um, he said, OK. And uh, he sent it out to a few people. <laughs> <laughs> and then like a month later we started getting mail and i'm like what 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 why would anybody write to us what the hell is this and it was fanzines and they wanted to know about Hellwitch. they wanted to interview Hellwitch. they loved the song they loved the demo and i at that point you know my eyes kind of opened wide and I said, okay, well, I guess, you know, I guess it's not bad. I guess it is a good thing. And and then I, even further, I was like, maybe this is something I should pursue, you know, because I'm like, maybe this is good enough. Maybe, you know, I can write songs here that people will like. And, you know, I could turn this into a little, you know, get, get a little bit of underground interest and be a cool underground, you know, demo band. Like all the shit I listen to, you know, I'm like, I could be one of those guys. And, um, so that, that was it. That was the beginning. And then, uh, probably 
four or five months later in school, I met uh, Dave, who, you know, ended up playing drums, who didn't know how to play drums when I met him, but had just bought a drum set. So I, again, turned him on to Slayer and Possessed and Fate and all that stuff. And and he, he, he loved it. He's like, wow, this is fucking cool. And I'm like, yeah, man, learn, you know, learn to play drums like that. And, you know, and I said, I have a band and I'm like, you know, you, you could be part of the band and we'll, you know, continue with the band. And then uh, he knew a guy who was Andy, who, you know, played on both of them played on the 86 and 87 demos. And um, Andy played guitar and bass. So Andy was our bass player. And, uh, you know, we did, we practiced, we played some shows in Gainesville and, uh, you know, did the 86 demo. And then like a year later did the 87 demo. So that was, uh, yeah, that was the, the humble beginnings. I wanted to ask you, uh-huh. I want, considering that we went back to the eighties, so we got to go back to now. Okay. I want to ask you, what do you feel is the key to longevity in the business? What kept you, got you to this point? Well, you know, I don't, I don't know what the key to longevity is, but for me, I can just say that I've always written songs to please myself. You know, I mean, I've always, when I come up with new songs, I, I always have in my mind, man, I can't wait to hear this with like good production or at least recorded in a studio on multiple tracks so I can hear what it sounds like. And that's always kind of been my, you know, my main focus is just writing stuff that uh, is original and I like to listen to. And, uh, you know, musically, I mean, it, it became evident in the, you know, around maybe 87, 88, you know, and I was like, you know, I'm like, I really want to write stuff that is not like all these other bands, you know, I mean, everyone was pretty original then, but I'm like, I really want to make Hellwitch something that is odd, you know, and just, you know, still cool and you can get into it and it's, it's, you know, you can follow along with it, but I want to make it really original and really different and have different kind of titles and different lyrics and cover different subjects that other bands have never covered. And um, yeah, I mean, so that was, that's always been my goal. I mean, and honestly, this new album, it was planned before we got signed to release it. I I was ready to uh, kick in money and Brian was going to kick in some money and we were going to do a recording, you know, just, you know, on our own without any label support because we, we uh, you know, had no contract at, at that point. And uh, we were fortunate enough to get, you know, get a a. a a communication from listenable records saying that they would be interested in signing us. So, um, yeah, the key to longevity, I think, um, you know, for me, I, I, I don't know. I just like doing it. I mean, even again, if now they said, Oh, well, you're no longer on our label and you guys can go fuck off. Uh, I would still write songs and pay to record them because I want to hear what they sound like. <laughs> So that's about it for my longevity. I, I do it because, you know, because I love it. And I really, you know, I don't care really if it succeeds or not. And as far as uh, any aspects of your music, 
Has there been advice that has been given to you that you still follow today? Mm. You know, I'll tell you, man. Our, uh, I was given advice, and I regret following it. I've never really been given advice that, uh, you know, made things go better. Um, we actually, for the last album, for Omnipotent Convocation, uh, our old bass player Craig and I would would talk about you know where the band's going and this and that, and he had the idea that you know we should make the songs flow more and not be as oddball and not be as you know like you know not as diverse as they mm-hmm. are, and um, I kind of thought yeah you know maybe you're right man maybe we could really blow up you know and and get get something going and right there i was kind of you know thinking like well wait a minute you know i i write this because i want to hear it you know and now we're talking about doing stuff you know and he, he you know he was like well no he's like don't don't sell out he's like don't just you know put out shit to make other people happy he's like let's keep doing what Hellwitch does but let's try to you know, go in this direction a little bit. And, you know, we did that album and it really didn't do much. And, and that was, uh, that album was a band effort. Like almost every song on that album was written by all three of us or four of us, uh, you know, as a collaboration and it, and it is great, you know, in its own right. It definitely is. I still love it. I think it is catchy and it's badass. but for this, these new songs um you know he he had family obligations so craig quit in in uh, 2015 2016 and um i kind of took the reins back as to the writing and you know on the new album i wrote probably 90 percent of the music and all the lyrics and all the titles and it seems like this is getting a little more appreciation than the last album so um, yeah, I kind of, you know, back to the question, I kind of took some advice and took some guidance and it didn't really work out as well as we had hoped. So, uh, now, you know, we're back to the, the way it used to be where I was pretty much in the driver's seat and, you know, that, that seemed to work out best for the band. So, uh, but yeah, and I mean, that's musically business wise. Yeah. I mean, I've always, you know, uh, not always, but I've gotten advice from, uh, again, like our old bass player, Craig and other guys, you know, uh, who, who were on bigger labels as to what to do and not do. And, you know, things about record contracts and what you should never, you know, agree to with the label and what is, you know, what is a good, you know, a good, uh, deal with the label and, you know, what they, what they want from you and what they're willing to give and whatever. So yeah, some of that has, uh, come into play, you know, but really, you know, at this point, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll be 60 years old in a, in a few months. So I'm pretty much, you know, I, I, there's not much to think about. Like when we deal with booking tours and festivals and recordings and whatever, like, I pretty much know what is right and what is wrong. So it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's pretty, uh, pretty clear cut these days. And you've seen a lot of changes in the industry, of course. Oh yeah. Um, 
how do you feel about the way the industry has changed? I know in my perspective, um, being close to your age, the thing that is most bothersome to me is um, the attention span of people now. Um, <laughs> when I listen to that album, I want to hear it cover to cover. I don't like to hear mixed playlists. I, I want to hear the entirety of an album because I think that's the only way you can truly get a feel for it. And you worked as hard on track number one as you did on track 10. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. And I think a lot of a lot of people are young, of the younger generation are missing out on concepts of albums and all sorts of things just because of the fact that um, it's a one and done. I'm going to pick my two favorite tracks off the album, and those are ones I'm going to listen to, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it, uh, yeah, how things have changed is, is what you said. Yeah. I mean, attention spans have been shortened. And I mean, I think that is due to like the internet and the, you know, music now being files that you can just click on and listen to immediately. And it, it, it kind of, I, I think it, it, uh, you know, steers listeners away from listening to a whole recording because you know you 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 can click here and hear it and then uh i want to try this instead and you know click to another flavor you know and then click to another flavor and it's like oh man like it just kind of ruins things a bit in my opinion you know but um yeah i mean that that uh that's uh i'm sorry what was the question (laughs) well it wasn't really a question i was just uh i wanted to I was just trying to get your opinion if you felt the same way as I did, that that's one of the things that has really changed as far as uh, the music industry is that, yeah, you know, I've interviewed bands that are just doing EPs just because of the fact that they're going to get two out a year, keep the name alive of the band, yeah, and just have them singles. Yeah. Yep, it it I I agree with you and yeah man I and you know I always keep in mind that you know once in a while like the the age factor comes into to play like they'll say well you think that cuz you know you're you you're older and you know you knew it at a at a different time and I you know I try to be objective and think well yeah you know it, you still have you know, the opportunity to listen to a whole album, but you're choosing not to. And, you know, the way the system and the industry has now become, it's kind of steers you away from listening sure. to a whole album. You know, they, they think, well, we can get a bunch of bands on our label or whatever, and, you know, we can make them all popular and just, you know, let people hear a couple songs of each and make a bunch of sales on everything rather than sales on one thing, you know, so... Yeah, it's kind of, uh, I, I, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. I wanted to ask you, when you have free time away from music, do you have any hobbies that you enjoy? <laughs> oh, I have uh, many. I have so many hobbies that I'm sitting here in my office and just looking at my my laser disc collection and my Betamax tape collection and uh, just going, man, I need to, you know, I need to get get cracking and organize my collections and 
browse through them a little bit. So yeah, man, I'm I'm an old school retro media, you know, obsolete format enthusiast, as it were. I have uh, <laughs> lots of Betamax tapes. I have uh, three Betamax players. I have five laser disc players. I have about five hundred laser discs. Um, I have about well, I, I don't know if you ever heard this during, you know, the course of our lives in the underground, but I have a concert, a bootleg concert video collection of over 12,000 titles. And wow. it's probably the biggest in the country. There was one other guy uh, in California that had about as much as I did. And we were the two guys like through the late eighties and through the nineties that had like, were known for having the concert bootleg, you know, collections and uh, you know, YouTube obviously killed, you know, killed our business. Cause I mean, I would s- I still sell them and I trade them, but when YouTube came along, it kind of fucking killed that whole, you know, killed that whole deal. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I still collect and trade concert videos. That's another hobby. And, uh, I also uh, I also play tennis. <laughs> I used to have a, a butt ton of vinyl bootlegs. Cool. I used to. Uh, my yeah. very first job was working at uh, for a place that sold vinyl, and they had used record department, and we used to go and pick up bootlegs all the time oh. to sell in the store. That's crap. half the time I'd end up coming home with half of them. Oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got, I got some bootleg vinyls, but uh, you know, it, and it was funny, like doing the tape trading, you know, you, I, you know, we got live shows on cassette as well as demos and stuff. And after a little while, like, you know, met a dude and he's like, Oh, I've got videos of venom, you know, like 84. And I'm like, wow, wow. We, we watched it. You know, he showed it to me and I'm like, I'm like, I need to do this. I'm like, you can see and hear the music. I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm like, forget this cassette bullshit. I need to get into videos. You know, this is this is the future. So yeah, man, I focused all my tape trading efforts on uh, on VHS tapes then at that point. But uh, yeah, I still still have my bootleg vinyls as well from you know back in the day. But uh, yeah, man, the concert videos, uh, yeah, that that just kind of took over for me. Any old Kiss ones? Oh, geez, I've got probably, I mean, out of my 12,000-plus collection, I probably have uh, at least 100 Kiss videos. And, I mean, ones from the 70s, early 70s, yeah. probably, I don't know, probably 15, 20. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I I would love to see a full show of them in 77, 78. That's why I thought they're in their prime. <laughs> you might be right. You, for, for me, I the first thing I heard from Kiss, and yeah, you know what? Growing up, Kiss was one of the first things, of course. You know, how could it not be? But yeah, that was one of the first things where I was like, this is the heaviest, coolest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> right. And, um, I heard Kiss Alive 1, you know, I had mm. that first and I was like, holy shit. And then I got, you know, Destroyer and Love Gun and, uh, you know, the, the the one in the middle, Rock and, uh, rock and rock Roll and, Over. Yeah. And then I got Kiss Alive 2 
And even to this day, I'm like, man, Kiss Alive 1 is better. I'm like, that's better. That's the good shit there. So, uh, but yeah, man, I have videos of them from the Kiss Alive 2 tour. And, you know, pretty much, I think the oldest I have is like 74. Like I have a, there was a a music you know a convention i can't remember when but you know this guy was selling bootlegs at a convention and he had like a two a two uh vhs tape compilation of kiss all from 74 and uh i i bought that and um but yeah man i uh you know i have i have all that stuff bob and if you're interested uh i'm sure we could work something out <laughs> <laughs> Cool. We'll, we'll definitely. I'll definitely be in contact with you. Cool. Cool, man. I wanted to ask you as well. What's oh. the best way to get merchandise and a physical copy of this album? <clears throat> well, it is available from Listenable Records, but uh, we also are. We have Hellwitch.com, and Hellwitch.com has everything that uh, you know. Everything that we sell. And our biography and the most up-to-date tour dates and information and everything else on it. So, yeah, I, I suggest people go to hellwitch.com. Um, we don't have the new album listed yet as we found out that there may be a delay with the vinyl. And um, I guess the label <clears throat> hasn't, you know, hasn't told me yet when they're going to be sending us our copies. Um, so... They're taking the pre-orders now. I'm taking some pre-orders, but I don't have a date as to how soon the new album, you know, will be for sale from hellwitch.com. But everything else we have, you know, all the, the other albums and, uh, you know, stickers and DVDs and live, live CDs and all that is all available at hellwitch.com. And lastly, I wanted to ask you, if you could give a message to your fans. What would that message be? Hmm. What would that message be? Hmm. Uh, well, I would say check out the new Hellwitch album, Annihilational Intersection. I guarantee you will not be disappointed. It it has only gotten eight point five to nine point five ratings on every review I've seen so far. And I mean, I've seen at least a couple dozen Um, and uh, seek out bands that are original. Don't, don't listen to, uh, I hate to say it, but you know, the, the new stuff, most new bands and newer material is kind of sounding the same and lacking originality and lacking heart. So, I mean, if you get into stuff that's older I think you'll probably enjoy it more. And that is my recommendation to the fans for a a happy listening experience in life. (laughs) I agree. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, there are those out there that are uh, doing original things, but there's not as many as there are bands that are out now. Yes. Put that way. (laughs) Yeah. There's a whole lot of crap and a few gems still, you know, uh, there's a few gems, but not, not a whole hell of a lot. Well, I wanted to thank you, my friend, for taking time to speak with me. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. 
cool. Thanks, Bob. I again, I appreciate it. And yeah, man, it's been been cool chatting with you as well. Definitely. And I'll definitely be uh, getting in touch with you about uh, early kiss video. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll um, I'll text you a link to my video site when we hang up. Excellent. I appreciate. It. Well, thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, what time is it there? <laughs> it's uh, three in the morning here almost. Okay. Well, we're on the same time then. Cool. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a vampire, man. I, I, I stay up late every night. Like that's just my schedule. So yeah, man, very cool that you're up that late as well. Yeah, I work, uh, I work either 12 to 12 or four to 12, depending upon the day. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just winding down. Oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm lucky, man. I'm, I'm a retired landlord, so I pretty much just take it easy now. Hey, nothing wrong with that. No, no, it gives me more time for Hellwitch. That's right. Yes, yes. And laser discs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool, man. Cool. Well, thank you again, and uh, I look forward to talking again real soon. Absolutely, Bob. It was it was it was cool talking to you, and yeah, man, definitely, definitely, you know, would love to hear from you anytime. All right, you take care. Cheers. Okay, cheers. Hail Satan. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can sponsor the podcast. Just click that button and you can be a member of the family. And remember, come see me for a fix.